0: You're listening to Women in Politics London.
1: Everyone, welcome. Um, I'm Jen, and I'm a board member of Women in Politics. So, Women in Politics has launched the 2020 Ask Her campaign as a part of an effort to encourage women to consider running for office. In an upcoming election at any level of government. So this campaign's primary goal is to support all women who would like to become involved with politics by sharing the experiences perspectives and advice of other women who have been in their shoes. So our interviews which will be, sh- which will be shared online and cataloged as podcasts will feature women who have previously run for office Um, at various levels of government. We will hear from women who have previously served in public office, from current elected officials, and women who ran in the past. All will offer their advice and experience to help inspire other women to enter the race. Above all, we want to achieve the goal of having more women's voices at the decision-making table. So today I'd like to welcome Suze Morrison, who is the NDP MPP for Toronto Centre. So first of all, thank you for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a privilege.
1: Oh, it's exciting. So I think we'll just get started with um, what, tell me what made you decide to run?
0: Yeah, so uh, as some folks may know, I actually have quite a long history with women in politics in London. Um, So I I grew up in my riding of Toronto Centre. I've lived here almost all of my life. Uh, But we also lived in London, Ontario for a handful of years while my husband was doing his PhD at Western and uh, was part of the founding group of board members. Uh, for women in politics in London. Um, so the work that you're doing is is so close to my heart. Um, and so I would say, you know, my earlier interest in politics is connected to the work of women in politics. And, um, you know, in London, I started volunteering on municipal election campaigns, um, started to get involved in more, you know, grassroots community organizing initiatives. I got to sit on um, an advisory committee at City Hall. Uh, you know, the kind of opportunities that, um, you know, I think would have been, really hard uh, for someone as young as I was at the time uh, to have had those opportunities in you know any other major city uh, in Canada but you know London has this this special ability to be uh, you know just big enough (laughs) to have such amazing opportunities uh, but still have that smaller town uh, you know feel uh, at the same time. So I was really grateful for those opportunities. Um, so after my my involvement with women in politics, um, you know, I was really politically engaged, uh, but we moved back home to Toronto Centre, back into the into the same community that I grew up in. And, um, you know, I was working at a nonprofit at the time uh, and, uh, uh, you know, starting to get involved in community organizing and with my riding association. Um, and the decision to run um, was in some ways uh, sudden, um, I'll be honest. Um, there were, you know, two, two things that happened back to back um, that I really kind of attribute to being um, the tipping point for me to make the decision to actually throw my, uh, to put my name on the ballot for the first time. And uh, uh, it's, it's not a fun or an easy story to tell, but in uh, the summer of 2017, my husband and I were witness to a drive-by shooting in Regent Park, um, just around the corner from our apartment. And um, we we're first on scene and uh, performed CPR um, on a young man, Lamar Champagny, um, who died later that night in hospital. And uh, it was an incredibly traumatic uh, moment for us. And um, And two days later, uh, Pam McConnell passed away and Pam McConnell was our uh, progressive city councillor at the time representing the area. Um, She'd long been a champion for Regent Park, uh, a champion against poverty, um, a champion for housing for women. um, And it just, it broke my heart to to lose her voice at city council. And I was terrified in that moment of, you know, as I was simultaneously kind of processing the, the trauma of the experience that we had been through. And knowing how closely connected the issues of, um, you know, gun violence and poverty were that we were dealing with. Mm -hmm. And I was just absolutely terrified in that moment of having, um, you know, a disconnected, uh, you know, rich white dude in a suit from Bay Street um, who didn't understand what we were going through in our community, who didn't have the lived experiences, um, who, you know, couldn't make those connections between, you know, the safety issues that we were experiencing, um, and, you know, the upstream root causes of violence and poverty. Um, and I was just so afraid we were going to lose Pam's really strong progressive voice. So at the same time that all of those things were going on, um, Kristen Wong Tam, another really great progressive city councillor, um, who's now come to represent the area. Um, of course, now that the the wards were um, were amalgamated um, under the really anti-democratic um, Bill Five uh, that meddled in Toronto's municipal elections uh, in right. the middle of an election, thanks to Doug Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, But at the time, she had started a a municipal campaign school, Women Win TO, and folks had started sending me links to this application. Um, And the week before, you know, I was laughing at them. I said, you know, you know, why would I, I have a great city councilor, I have Pam McConnell, why would I ever go and do this? I am, so I am represented by the best of the best. Um, And then a week later, my perspective on that shifted, um, and folks kept sending me the link to this campaign school. And so, so I, I applied, and I got into the program, and I had a fantastic experience. Um, we had some amazing women in that cohort um, you know I was there with uh, with Jill Andrew who's come into the legislature with me, um, as well as folks like Kiata um, who's still running for a, for a municipal seat she wasn 't successful in um, the last municipal campaign, but I, I believe she 's planning to run again, or at least I hope so and uh, you know built really great relationships, learned a lot Um, and you know as I was going through that process you know I still in my head was thinking um, I was going to be you know trying to throw my my hat in the race municipally And, uh, and then a few folks from the riding association sort of started tapping me on the shoulder saying look we've got a provincial election coming up have you thought about running in the nomination? Um, so I was like, ah, eh, sure, why not? And, uh, you know, thinking in my head, you know, um, knowing how many times it takes to run to be successful as a first-time candidate and how much I had to learn about campaigning. Um, you know, in my head, I thought, okay, great. I'll go run in a contested nomination against other people that, you know, um, are way more qualified and they're going to win the nomination, but I'm going to learn how a nomination works. And then I'm going to work on the campaign and help get them elected, um, um, and, uh, in my head, the probability of going from that decision to actually being a candidate in a provincial election to actually being elected, uh, you know, the likelihood of, of those successive things happening was basically zero and, <laughs> uh, you know, I was really quite shocked at every step along the way, um, when I all of a sudden found myself in Queens Park and I it was, it was like I had spun around and I wasn't quite sure how I got there, um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I don't regret it for a second. It's been a bit of a wild ride, but um you know it it's really interesting to me how um you know quickly your um, your willingness to say yes can change um right, like it was um mm-hmm. I was an absolute no until the moment that I wasn't um and so it's just, it's, I I think it's, it's amazing how quickly your perspective on the situation can change. And, um, you know, all of the different um, moments in your life that culminate to setting you on a specific path, you know?
1: Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And, and it's interesting, because when I hear you say, like, you laughed, you thought it was funny, right? When people suggested you run. And I mean, you know, I remember being 20 and you in, you know, my colleagues saying you should run to be a union rep. You're so smart and mouthy. And it's like, you know, but you're like, ha ha, you know, to me, like I wouldn't with like, <laughs> you said, like with all these qualified people, right. Um, so that's really, that's really amazing. I wanted to circle back and ask you what is a writing association?
0: Yeah, so riding in. associations are bodies that exist um, provincially and federally right. um, to, that are local, um, local bodies that represent the different political parties in your specific riding. So in Toronto Centre, um, you know, we'll have, a, we'll have a, there's a riding association for every party um, okay. and it's how we organize ourselves. Um, and so if folks are interested in getting more involved in partisan politics... And you know, I really, you know, the biggest advice I can give to young people is, um, you know, figure out. Don't be afraid of partisanship. Um, you know, I I don't see neutrality, political neutrality, as something to be, um, you know, upheld as the as the most you know, virtuous thing, you know, have values, have beliefs um, and put yourself out there and stand on them. You know, I always think about, sorry, I'm digressing. Um, You know, I always think about Alexander Hamilton, uh, you know, my favorite musical and, 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 and Aaron Burr, who's always criticized for, you know, if you stand for nothing, Burr, what will you fall for? Um, And, and so I really always encourage, um, particularly young folks, do the work to unpack your values, figure out your values, figure out which party resonates with you. And don't be afraid to get involved and get involved early because there's so much learning that you can do mm-hmm. along the way um, but riding associations are the local uh uh bodies that represent a party in a riding um and yeah. and there's really great volunteer opportunities that you can do with those organizations mm-hmm. um you know you can run for an executive position um you know and take on a, a, a responsibility of work within the riding association whether that's you know managing the budget doing fundraising doing voter outreach organizing events, um, there's no shortage of work to be done, um, and even if you don't want to take on that level of commitment, you know, you can come out and volunteer, um, you know, as and especially if you have an elected official that's in that riding, um, you know, the whole work of the Riding Association becomes to support that that elected official, get them reelected, um, or to support the candidate um, and identify candidates, do candidate search, um, you know, uh, and so we're always, uh, you know, in need. Need of volunteers, whether we're out knocking on doors between elections, hosting events, um, doing fundraising, um, there's no shortage of work. So get involved with your writing associations. Um, you know, if you once you've done the work of figuring out, you know, if you want to be a party member uh, in our party system, um, and there's I, I think a lot of value to to knowing mm-hmm. you know who you are and where you stand on a political spectrum, um, and not being afraid to you know. Uh, be brave and bold about uh, about those beliefs and, and those values and where you, where, where you stand.
1: That's great. Thank you. That's really great. So when you were running, what was the biggest hurdle that you had to overcome? Actually, sorry, I want to circle back. What was the biggest hurdle you had to overcome to run?
0: Yeah, to run. Um, I would say the biggest hurdle was the nomination itself, okay. um, which was contested. And so um, what a lot of folks don't know is that, you know, provincially and federally, um, you're actually running two elections to become a candidate, right? Um, in most circumstances, there's some cases that are different. Um, some parties are, um, have internal rules that allow them to appoint candidates to a riding. Um, but in most cases, most ridings go through what's called a nomination process most parties in most writings um and and so you're basically campaigning to just the membership uh to be selected as the name that the members uh of that political party in that writing are going to put on the ballot who who they want to back um and so when i ran for the nomination i was one of three candidates and i was the um i was the underdog i was the scrappy underdog (laughs) and uh you know vying against uh, two people that i totally love and adore Mm -hmm. um and, uh, you know, to this day, have great relationships with and, um, you know, are, are huge supporters I can always count on. And, uh, you know, I was in it more <laughs> to learn how to run a nomination. Um, and, uh, you know, the organizing experience that I learned was invaluable. Um, but I would say in terms of barriers, you know, I felt like, um, you know, as the only woman in the race... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I was nervous about you know was I going to be taken um, as seriously as these two men who were much more um, had been around a lot longer than I had. Um, one of them had run as a candidate before. One was a political staffer um, mm-hmm. formerly, and and they had the kind of you know connections and experience that I just didn't, um, and that made me nervous. Um, but also you know financially, um, you know, and it um, it put me in an awkward position at work uh, when I expressed my interest in in running for a nomination, Um, and, uh, you know, once I won the nomination, uh, I then immediately had to go on a leave of absence, Um, and, you know, having not uh, anticipated actually winning the nomination and that being an outcome, um, I don't know that I had fully thought out the financial implications of okay. what I had signed myself up for, right? right? And so it was, um, you know, my husband had just finished his PhD. He was working on a postdoc. Um, you okay. know, we still both have student loans. Um, and so, you know, as a younger woman, um, to make that commitment and have to take, you know, more than two months off work um, unpaid to, to, to do that campaigning work, and then at the same time to have to be tapping into my network to do fundraising, Um, you know, financially was terrifying. Um, And I, you know, if I hadn't won, um, you know, probably would have been months and years, you know, digging myself out of that. Um, And I I think that that's, um, you know, something that scares a lot of people out of running for elected at office. Um, and it's the most unfortunate part because it's the folks that are, um, you know, the young people with student debt and the single moms and the folks mm-hmm. working precarious work who understand the, the gaps and the fault lines in our systems so deeply because they've lived it and they understand where fall where policy fails, um, folks in the margins and folks that are living in poverty or folks that are, um, you know, uh, living precariously or um, underemployed, precariously mm-hmm. employed. um and, and those voices, we've never needed those voices more. But it's yeah. becoming, I think, harder and harder for those voices um, to get a foot in the game because the the economic risk that you put yourself at as a candidate is mm-hmm. um, is not small. Um, you know, and um, a lot of folks don't, I think, um, you know, realize when, when people put their names forward, um, the amount of, of their personal lives that get put on hold or, um, you know, put on pause completely. Right. Um, it was a really difficult task to, to, to undertake. And I, like I said, I don't regret it for a second. Um, but you know, the financial component was, was definitely a challenge.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Like you said, for a lot of people, um, and the people who need to be at these decision making tables the most. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so tell me about, well, now, now that we know that you had such a short time span to between the decision and running um but tell me about your expectations of running versus like what it was really like
0: yeah um you know i think my expectation of what the inside of a campaign actually felt like as a candidate Uh, was a lot more glamorous than it actually was (laughs) you know i think we like to think that it's you know what we see on tv right it's all the sexy stuff it's you know doing debate prep and debates and media hits and um you know spending hours poring over policy and decision making um and the real truth of it is you know um the work that you do with your riding association your party in the two years leading up to a campaign is when all of that policy work gets baked in and settled on so that we're not making policy on the fly in a campaign, right? So so the first thing that you take off of your to-do list is really actually any policy work. Um, you know, as a party, as a collective group of folks, you're engaging in that work year round and in the four years and the two years especially leading up to the campaign. Um, and you're making those those platform commitments. Um, and then we're just releasing them kind of throughout the campaign to get folks excited um, and to let them know, you know, where we stand on all of these issues. So that's the first thing that you take off your to-do list off your shoulders as a candidate. The next thing that comes off your shoulders, particularly if um, you're in a, a media-dense uh, downtown Toronto market, um, is the idea that you are going to get any media coverage on your campaign. Um, you know, unless you're running a by-election or where you're the only candidate for miles around, um, or... Um, you know you're in a smaller media market where you know like in london uh where the local paper you know will pick up more coverage of you know when you've only got two or three ridings um and two or three close races that you're watching um you know you might get a little more attention there uh in toronto I think I maybe did, you know, three media interviews the whole campaign. Um so so take that off your shoulders as a task you think you're going to have to do. Um and then uh and and then, you know, the debates um, actually start to become, um, once you start to get into a good rhythm in a campaign, um, the debates actually start being one of the least useful things you can do as a candidate. And, and I, and it sounds weird to say, I know, cause, and I, and I do them and I love doing them, um, uh, because folks have a right to, um, You know see how their candidates can think on their feet and respond to their policy and how well they know the policy that they're standing on um but the real work that you do as a candidate is nothing but knocking on doors and making phone calls your job is to connect with as many voters as possible and convince them why you're the person for the job right um and answer any questions that they have um and be you know an available engaging person um Debates where so, you know, and so I'll be out knocking on doors from nine o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock at night. And if I'm not knocking on doors, I'm on the phone asking for money. Those are the only two things you do, Um, you know, you eat and sleep canvassing and fundraising. Um, and you don't do a lot of eating and sleeping, Uh, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) and you don't, yeah, you don't. Um, and, uh, but the debates are, um, you know, they look really sexy on TV, but in person, um, you know, you might end up spending three hours in a room with 20 people that are already decided voters before they walk in the room. Right? you're not there to change anyone's mind. Everyone there is to support the team, <laughs> the team that they're there on behalf of to, to cheer you on. And so it's a fun, engaging thing to do um, and an important part of the democratic process. But that three out in that same three hours, if I had been out knocking on doors, I could have connected with, um, you know, probably 100 different voters um, and have helped people make up their mind about, you know, where they stand on election day. Um, and so the the value uh in terms of actually the the number of people you can engage with um, is at the doors it's at the doors yeah. um and so and it's scary you know when 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 you're the first after right after I was nominated and I got sent out on my first canvas, I was like, "Oh my God, I have to do what? I have to go knock on people's doors and ask them for my vote and ask them for their vote um and, uh, but you start to love it after a while. It's actually, uh, it's a lot of fun. You get to have really great conversations with people and you get the the wildest stories um, uh, from canvassing. Like just just the wildest stuff will happen uh, when you're out at the doors. Uh, and, uh, but that that's what the job is. Um, and uh, it's definitely none of the sexy stuff uh, or very small amounts of the sexy stuff that we see in the movies.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Sue. So I just have um, one last question for you. Thinking back to the Sues going into, um, thinking about running, running, during your time running, um, if you could say something to that Sues or any you know, woman or girl like you, what would you say?
0: Um, I would tell her to start volunteering on campaigns earlier and more often um you know i uh i wish i'd had the opportunity to work on more campaigns than i did um i think that the the experience is invaluable um and to anyone who's thinking about running the best advice i can give you is to go and volunteer on a campaign and be a sponge um and be the hardest worker um, that that campaign has ever seen. Um, you know, learn how to, um, learn how to, to understand your party's policy and then learn how to message it, how to communicate it to people in different, um, in different places in their lives. Um, right? Like learn how to take your health policy and make it, um, understandable to young parents versus seniors versus students. Um, right? Like, like understand the nuances of communicating your policy. Um, get good at knocking on doors, um, so that you're not nervous and afraid to talk to voters because it's all you're going to do. Volunteer to fundraise for your riding association. Get on the phones and start asking for money. Um, It's ridiculously hard to do and every bit of practice you can get doing it will help. Um, and, uh, you know, the relationships that you'll build working on those campaigns and putting in those hours um, is, uh, is the thing that you'll need, uh, you know, particularly if you're gonna run at a provincial or federal level um, to secure the, the support of the people that are the members of that riding association who are the folks that are gonna need to nominate you um, if that's the level of government that you wanna run at. Um, and also recognizing that, you know, municip- municipally, you know, while municipal politics exists outside of the partisan structure, um, you know, you'd be, I think, uh, misguided to think that those same folks that are so politically active and engaged at provincial and federal levels at the Riding Association aren't also involved municipally as well, right? And the networks of, of connections that those people have into those municipal campaigns is, um, is deep. Um, and massive. Um, so go build, go volunteer, so you can build those relationships, gain the skills, um, and uh, and lay the groundwork, uh, so that uh, you know you've got a good foundation under you when you do decide to put your name forward.
1: Thank you. So just to close, I just want to again offer our thanks for coming back to Women in Politics, for starting, for you know being your founding member, right? So for starting Women in Politics and for coming back to us in in, uh, your position today, we're so appreciative.
0: Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Don't forget to follow the rest of this campaign on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Thanks for listening.